tonight for just be sharing with us briefly and we'll just spend some time to pray and trust God to manifest His hand in our midst this evening. The one before whom we come is, is such as the Bible already revealed that His ways are past finding out. Because of the magnitude of His existence, the magnitude of His being, the much we know is not even up to a fragment. But it is the much that we require that He reveals to us. If He opens up Himself to us, we can't contain Him. We will explode. So it's important that as we approach the Lord, we yield ourselves to receive everything that is available and can be contained per time and make a headway. If the much he reveals is not received, bearing in mind that we cannot even contain the whole of him in his majesty, then it becomes a crisis not to take advantage of the little fragment of himself that has been revealed to us. Remember that the totality of God is not even dwelling in eternity. Eternity itself is in Him. But the measure of Him that is revealed through Christ has been given to us. Hallelujah. The Bible said it pleased the Father that the fullness of the Godhead should dwell in Christ bodily. And we have received Christ. But the intensity of God cannot be contained in His full scope. You can't contain Him. So there are different dimensions of God that are revealed per time. Sometimes we come before the Lord and we see His face. He reveals His face. A dimension of His face. And when He reveals a dimension of His face, what He creates is transformation. As you see that image, you become like Him. Sometimes we come before Him and He reveals His hand. Every time He reveals His hand, He brings victory. In every crisis of life. So it's possible for you to interact with his hand. And become mighty. And do great exploits. But your life is a contradiction of who he is. So you can raise the dead. You can cast out devils and do a whole lot of things. But you will discover you are not like him. Your secret life is in sin. And you are a puppet in the hands of the devil. You will struggle with many addictions. The reason is because you do business with the hand. You don't know the face. So it's important for us to humble ourselves before the Lord. So he will reveal to us the measure that we need to contain. This is why we come together once and again to open the scriptures. And to come before his presence and receive help. Because none of us can exhaust him. Hallelujah. And this evening, even as we trust the Lord to reveal His mighty hand to deal with the crisis of our lives, we will also see His face. The Bible said, if we see Him as He is, we shall become like Him. So we don't just grow in exploit, but we also grow in His nature. Hallelujah. I'm trying to establish this balance. So if I begin to stretch, you will not assume that I don't have regard for the nature of God. 
or for growing in the character of the spirit. This is why I'm establishing this foundation. So you would understand what I mean. Because most of the things I'll be revealing to us tonight are things pertaining to the hand of God. The Bible said he stretched forth his mighty hand and he wrought wonders in Egypt. He said with a mighty hand he took them out of Egypt. He said who has believed our report? Unto whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? He said he turned the mountains from the root. So the hand of God does valiantly. And every time we are trusting God for wonders, then we are coming to do business with the hand of God. Every time we trust God for transformation, we are coming to do business with the face of God. So tonight, as I emphasize business with the hand of God, I want you to be mindful that there is another layer that orchestrates transformation. But that is not my emphasis tonight. That is what we teach and preach again and again and you call the doctrine of alignment. Because the cross has two sides. There is a side of the cross that deals with the flesh. And there is also the side of the cross that brings the provisions of salvation. It's possible for you to understand the side of the cross that deals with flesh. But the circumstances of your life will be a misery. You will not know why you are serving God yet not excelling. And that's not the best of God. As beautiful as it is, it's not the best of God. So when we come for miracle services like this, we want to see another dimension of the cross that brings fruition to every other aspect of our lives. And if we don't have that advantage, the devil will always bring deception and seduction to the believer. And he can woo you away from God. Even God, the Bible said, He has given us exceeding great and precious promises that by them we may escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. So God also has provisions that He woos you with to draw you into intimacy. And if you don't have access to those things, a point will come where you will begin to have the crisis of faith. Because the things you believe and proclaim, you will not see them happening in your life. And you, the devil will begin to suggest things to you. That are you sure this thing is true? Are you sure this thing is right? Are you sure you are correct? And then again and again, you will find yourself struggling when you should be on a cruise mode. This is why it's important for us to foundationally understand what the cross does in order to bring us into the full provisions of God. Alignment is not against health. Alignment is not against material prosperity. Alignment is not against a good life. Alignment is a disposition of a soul that is under the government of God. That God has authority to control, to regulate and to dictate for. But it is not a life of poverty and waste. If you don't understand the dimension of the cross that reveals the hand of God, you will proclaim God but your life will be in a tight corner. And you will not know why. The reason is not because God has not done what he has to do. The reason is simply because you don't have understanding in a dimension of God. And the extent to which you understand this thing is the extent to which the glory of God in that dimension of your life will be revealed. I know a lot of Christians today that are struggling. Yes, we will not stop dealing with matters of transformation to give ourselves to materialism. Not at all. Because that's not a heavier molecule in the kingdom. That is not. 
However, from time to time, it's important for us to teach people how to walk in the fullness of the provisions of God. Because if you don't, a point will come in your life where your faith will be stunted. And you'll begin to ask questions that you should not ask. You will find yourself lamenting. You will find yourself talking things that may ensnare you. The reason is because you have not learned to maximize the provisions of the cross. This evening I want to share with us briefly few provisions of the cross that we need to understand in order to exercise our authority in Christ Jesus. Because many believers are not exercising their authority in Christ Jesus. And if you don't exercise your authority in Christ Jesus, I tell you, you'll be frustrated. You will be frustrated. This is why the Christian faith begins with a bequeater of the name of Jesus. Because God knows that while you grow in power, you need another thing to go by. Because you are first of all saved before you are being saved. Before you will be saved. You are saved by the authority in Christ. And you are given the name of Jesus to exercise that authority. And while you are exercising that authority, you are also growing by the power that worketh within you. But if you don't know how to exercise that authority and you are waiting until you gain stature, you will be in trouble. There are things that you should deal with in order to strengthen your faith while you grow in the corridor of life. If you don't know it, a point will come when it will become too difficult for your mind to be renewed. Because you would have seen sickness for many years. You would have been sick many times. You would have seen poverty for many years. And you would have gone through frustration for many years. So even when you read it in the Bible, it will look like story to you. You will hear Jesus tell you that in my name, you will cast out devils. It will be like story to you. Jesus will tell you, lay hands on the sick, they will recover. It will be like story to you. The reason is because you have become too redefined by the circumstances around your life that those things no longer hold sway in your mind and this is one of the greatest attempt and effort of the devil to make the scriptures become of non-effect either by the traditions of men or by deception so we need to emphasize these things again and again and again again and again and again so that we can walk in victory this is not a time when we preach when we discuss foundational truths like this we break them into bits and pieces so that you can see it the way it is from scripture and then you find yourself walking in it i have seen people that gave their hearts to christ and the day they gave their hearts to christ they began to prophesy i've seen people that gave their hearts to christ the day they gave their hearts to christ they lay hands on the sick the sick recovers and if we don't even explain these things you will see that people will be deceived by seeing others walk in signs and wonders and think it is stature. This is why you have many faith prophets misleading people. Because at the back of your mind, you think that for somebody prophesying means he has the approval of God. You will think that because somebody lays hands on the sick, he has the approval of God. That is a man that has understood how to use the authority in the name of Jesus. Are we together? So it's important for you to gain mastery of these things while you yet grow. And then it will also help your discernment to know that manifestation is not necessarily a function of stature. Else you will be deceived by many. I've seen many people that gave money to people who God have no authority over their lives. 
because they saw them do one or two things they gave money trusting them to be men of god and at the end of the day you see that they are worse than unbelievers because we have not explained the balance between the two so the first thing you need to know is that if the balance is not explained you will not walk in manifestation and the second thing you need to know is that if the balance is not explained you will not know who is approved of God and who is not because we judge God's approval by manifestation and your life will be gullible you will be deceived praise the Lord so I want to show us quickly some of the provisions of the cross and how to walk in the reality of these things what I'm teaching you are things I'm practicing and we will keep practicing them and growing in them again and again and again you were here in the last contact and you saw our father and the Lord called people who are deaf I saw a man over 45 years and casual prayers in the name of Jesus the ears open I want to get there I want to practice and walk in these things until they become normal and that's the way of every believer Jesus did not even tell us to pray for the sick he said lay hands on the sick they will recover that's a man who have grown in understanding of the name of Jesus until he is wearing it like a garment so if he touches somebody the name of Jesus is communicated because of the level to which he has grown in this understanding the Bible said true knowledge shall the just be delivered there is an understanding that we must have in a time like this if we don't have it we will struggle and that we are struggling does not mean God is impressed God can use circumstances to teach you his ways but that you are living in a state that is not the best of God does not mean God is overjoyed at you being there you need to understand the difference you need to understand the balance but the only way you can come out of this pit is when you master how to exercise the authority in the name of Jesus these things are practiced these things are mastered these things are exercised you will do it again and again and again until it becomes natural for your soul to accept it and if your soul accepts it if you hear it you will catch it like magnet while you are reading the scriptures they will be bulging out they will be bulging out while you are praying they will be shooting out in your spirit like bullets Sometimes you will pray, you will not know when you start running and shouting. And you will start screaming and professing. Because these things overtake you. They overwhelm you. They dominate you. And that's the life of victory. But many are not walking in the life of victory. Victory is not just in the area of sin. Transformation brings victory in the area of sin. But there is also victory in the area of the affairs of this life like healthy living like fruitful existence like successful living victory is also in that area and if you look at the life of Jesus it's an all-encompassing life Jesus had victory over sin he had victory over the world he had victory over sickness he had victory over material circumstances that's an absolute life and that's the kind of life we must live but there is a precursor to this life I've spoken to many men of God that walk in this kind of victory there is a thought pattern they have there is a confession they have they never make the mistake it's only a poor man that talks poverty 
and you will not be aware that what you say have a very big implication in your life it's only a sick man that talks sickness check your life you begin to talk sickness when you feel sick when you are healthy you have no business talking sickness and the reason you talk sickness when you feel sick is because your circumstances determine your thought pattern and your circumstances determine your confession but if you come to a place of understanding even when your circumstances are contrary to the experience you should have in God you use your word and your authority in Christ to correct your circumstances you don't align with your circumstances you cause your circumstances to align with the word of God that's a man that understands to exercise the authority he has in Christ but many believers are not there so our life is a product of chance anything can happen to us we need to come to a point where we make things happen that's the victorious life and it's for this reason that we have the cross it's for this reason that we have the name of Jesus Christ if we don't know this thing forget the miraculous will be far away from us I'm telling you it will be far I was in Ignidium preaching I preached the first day on transformation people came out crying and weeping and gave their hearts to Christ and I prayed for the sick a few people were healed the second day I preached on the insurance system of Zion and I spoke about the blood and the cross and in that meeting they brought somebody paraplegic on the bed the person who stood up was running people who called their parents on phone high BP two years went down diabetes six years went down growth were vanishing from people's bodies now say what is the meaning of this is it not the same authority I used the night before that I use now and the Lord told me something he said what you emphasize is what you see because any dimension of God you emphasize your faith in that dimension comes alive and faith is the victory that overcomes the world this is why you must know this thing make it a consciousness and practice it hallelujah glory to the Lamb Glory to the Father You are seated on the throne Hallelujah Glory to the Lamb Glory to the Father You are seated on the throne Hallelujah Hallelujah Glory to the Lamb Glory to the Father. You are seated on the throne. What I want to share with us this evening, the power of it is in the practice. And when you begin to practice this thing, you understand that spirituality is hard. Spirituality is not momentary and it's not emotional. It's a practiced life that brings you into an experience of reality. You will discover how scattered your life is if you begin to attempt to practice these things. You will discover how disoriented your thought pattern is. You will not understand why things happen to you until you want to coordinate and bring your life under government. If I show you scriptures and things that you need to meditate on for one week, 
you will discover how you don't have authority over your mind and you will see why demons easily sneak into your mind you will see that all you do is to pick flying thoughts and floating thoughts jesus said take no thought saying that means most of the things we say they are thoughts that we pick from the environment that is why demons can easily find access if you want to regulate your thought pattern by giving yourself to certain kinds of meals you will discover that your life is so uncoordinated if you want to live for one week speaking in a certain way you will be shocked how lawless you are with your tongue the bible says, they that are mature they that are mature they have law over their tongue the bible says, let no man in zion say i am sick you don't know the lifestyle it's a difficult lifestyle it will bring you under the government of god but if you don't practice it you will always need somebody to pray for you you will always need somebody to bring deliverance to you you will always need somebody to help you you will never come to that point where you grow in god and you can exercise authority it's a lifestyle it's not a momentary reality but many christians are not given to the lifestyle even when we come to church we want to hear emotional things that stirs up and we shout that is beautiful because at that point your soul opens up and you can receive an impartation but even that impartation is a seed is what you do thereafter that will determine the strength of the impartation you have received most of us are embodiment of seeds that never germinate because we don't have the lifestyle that support it if you know who you are and you walk in the light of who you are you will be amazed the transformation you will see in three months you will be amazed even yourself will not believe it you will try to convince yourself that this is you you will be shocked the forces that will work in your favor you will be shocked the possibilities you will begin to see in a short period of time and you ask yourself what have i been doing glory to the father you are seated on the throne a prophetess can be a harlot the difference is mentality if you change her paradigm she will come back to where she's supposed to be and you will discover she was not weak after all a king and a prince can be a slave the problem is the mentality believers need a change in mentality there is a kingly mentality that we must have because he said he has made us kings and priests unto god and what is the role of that king and priestly mentality he says to show forth the excellencies first peter 2 9 you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood god's own people to show forth that means your life is supposed to be a theater that displays the dimensions of god if we want to see power we don't need to see an angel we don't need to go to heaven if you call nathaniel he stands then his life will define power you want to see favor you don't need to go to heaven you will call victor and then his life will be a revelation of favor you want to see grace you don't need to seek an angel he said we are a choosing generation a royal priesthood god's own peculiar people called forth out of darkness to show forth the excellences how do you do it 
is by a kind of understanding of what the cross has provided for you. Because that's where you begin your work from. You are here now, you think you are humble. If they tell you today that, oh, sorry, maybe two, three black chiefs just come here now, and then they call you and say, we are very sorry, we have a message for you. You will be afraid. And they say, don't worry, don't be afraid. Your name is Grace. Your father's name is Luca. But we came to tell you that when you were seven months old, that was when they took you to your father's house in Niger State. But your real father is not Luca. At your real father, <laughs> are you with me now? I'm trying to break something down to show you how you have a paradigm shift. They now come and tell you that your real father is not Luca. That your real father actually is the first cousin of the German Chancellor. That when he came to Nigeria in 1988, that was when he met your mother. But he needed to leave. So right now, your father is about to die. And all the asset he has is worth 30 billion. And he wants to will it to you. If you go home, you'll discover that you can't sleep. <laughs> you know what? You have discovered something. See, sleep will be far. Because they will tell you that as we are talking to you, we are already, already working on your, on your, on your visa. Your flight is in 48 hours. When you go home, anybody that greets you say yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. All the problem you thought you had will vanish. Maybe you were struggling before with house rent. When they say house rent, you say, what does it mean? I'm trying to understand it. All that is in your mind now is your asset in Germany. And then your steps will change. Your confidence will change. Your coordination will change. Your audacity will change. The reason is because you discover an asset that was somewhere for you. That's how the Bible is supposed to be approached. Because this is an embodiment of treasures. So every time you read this Bible, you are coming to discover treasures. But the reason you read it like this, and then it's because you think it's a storybook. At best, you think it's a religious material. So you go and wash your feet and sit down on the chair and you read it for 30 minutes and you sleep. You don't know what is here. Your life will change. I'm telling you, your life will change. If you find one truth from this book, your story will change forever. One truth, one. I know you've quoted a lot of things. If you find one truth here, your life will change. Let me show you something. 1 Corinthians 1.18 I told you there are two dimensions to the cross. There's a dimension that reveals the fullness of the blessings of God and the package, packages of salvation that is freely available to us. And there's a dimension that deals with the flesh. You know, when Paul was dealing with the dimension that deals with the package of salvation, the Jews were offended at him. You mean the Gentiles can enjoy the same thing we enjoy? They can be part of the commonwealth of Israel? Without doing anything, Paul said yes. That's what they call the offense of the cross. That you are unconditionally accepted and you have absolute right over everything that is in God. Regardless of who you are. It is the first statement of the cross. That you have become part of the commonwealth of Israel. Meanwhile, the commonwealth of Israel is not even the covenants. It's not even the promises. The commonwealth of Israel is the ark. The presence of God. That means the fullness of God. He gave himself to Israel as a people. 
So when you get access to the cross, when you understand the cross, you become an inheritor of God. What you inherit are not even the things God have to offer. You become an heir of God. That means God and all he has becomes yours for fellowship, for oneness, for access and for intimacy. That's what is called the commonwealth of Israel. So you can come from Afghanistan. Your father may not be a preacher, but the moment you accept Jesus, it means everything the cross provided has become your property. And you can wake up in the morning and invoke it if you understand it. You can wake up at night and invoke it if you understand it. Because you know that this one was unconditionally given. This is where faith is born. That's why the Bible says, Who has believed our report? Unto whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? How do you, what is the report? In Romans chapter 10, Paul began to outline it from verse 12. He said, Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever. And then he went down. And then he began to tell us what it means. He called it the faith. He said, if you will believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. That means, what brings you into salvation, or the possibilities that are in God, it is what you believe and what you proclaim. In salvation is life. In salvation is wealth. In salvation is health. But how do you access health if you believe in your heart? And confess with your mouth because that's where the key of the cross lies everything has been paid for but do you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the only way you can is when you believe the report and that's why Paul said how can they believe unless there is a preacher so what the preacher comes to do is to show you the things that are freely available to you and to make you believe it to a point that you can confess it so if you understand that everything about your health has been paid for and you can confess it, it's yours. That's the formula. But the question is, it's so difficult to believe. And the reason it's so difficult to believe, one, is the traditions of men. They have taught you that this and this and this and this must happen. But when you read the scripture, did you ever see Jesus ask anybody, what's the cause of your sickness? Because when salvation comes, it doesn't matter. I heard Apostle say it three or four weeks ago. I was shocked. When they called them out to pray for the deaf people, did you hear them say, Where did your own come from? Did they tell you how did it happen? It's no longer a factor. Because how it happened is also included in the nails that went into his hands. How it happened is included in the spear that went through his side. How it happened is included in the nails that went through his feet. No matter what it is that you did, it cannot sustain the gravity of the naked Jesus that was on the cross. So every time God considers what you did and he equates it with the man on the cross who was stripped naked, what you did comes from nothing. So God brings intervention. It's an understanding of the cross. That's why in 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 5 verse 21, 2 Corinthians 5.21 He said he made him that was without sin To become sin for us So that we can become The righteousness of God It is substitution You are the one Who did whatever you did But when he came he said just lay hands on the sick They will recover When he came he just said cast out devils They will go away Why? 
Because whatever it is that they did cannot be compared to what I did. That's the first message of the cross. To bring you to a point where you can believe that everything God has is yours. Nicodemus came to Jesus in John chapter 3 from verse 14 to 15. And he said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up. And whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have a life that is beyond death. What did they do before the snake was lifted in the wilderness? They murmured against God. They rebelled against God. Hallelujah. In Numbers 25 verse 1 to 9, they rebelled. God was angry with them. It was God that sent the serpent. This time it was not even the devil. So they were being afflicted. And they rushed to Moses and they cried to God. And God now said, create a brazen serpent and put it up. Anybody that looks at it will be free. Because the judgment, Bible scholars say the brazen serpent is a symbol of judgment. That means all the anger has been poured on the brazen serpent. So, if God looks at you, the anger God was supposed to put on you is already put on the brazen serpent. So, whether God likes it or not, as He looks at you, He is looking at you free. Because your judgment is already on the brazen serpent. So, you now have the right to receive intervention. It's a divine calculation. So, Jesus said, the same way I was on the cross. So, every sickness was on the cross with Jesus. Every shame was on the cross with Jesus. Every crisis was on the cross with Jesus. All you need to do now is to accept the verdict. That's why I say if you believe in your heart, the problem is that we can't believe. You will think it's easy, but you can't. This is why we sit on these things and keep eating it every day. I have taken a census, sir. The places where I see the greatest manifestation of power, and every time there's a manifestation of power, this thing is taught. Catherine Kuman gave an illustration. He said there was a man that condemned people. And when he condemned people, he prayed for the sick. And five people were healed. And Catherine Kuman came and showed them what Jesus, the price that Jesus paid. And she prayed for the sick carelessly. And more than 300 people were healed. And he said, what is the difference? Every time you show the people what God did for them, he said, the vengeance of God that held them back is shifted to the cross. And then the intervention of God comes to the people. It's a dimension that every believer must understand. So as we go out, we go out with a mentality. What is the mentality you go out with? It is one of the reasons you are where you are. And even if you receive the biggest of impartation, you will discover that it will last but for a season. It's called the cross. The anger of God is on the cross. The vengeance of God is on the cross. The sickness that you carry and labor with that the devil wants to put on you is on the cross. The crisis of your life is on the cross. And on the cross, everything was shifted from your account. So you can now come boldly. So when you come to pray for the sick, do you notice we don't beg God to heal the sick? We command the sickness to go. You don't have that right before the cross. If we are praying for the sick here, we command pain out. We command devils out. We command sickness out. We command diseases out. Why? There is no legal ground. It's on the cross. 
And any believer who doesn't sustain this mentality will struggle for a long time. And this is why the devil still ensnare people. Because he will come and be reminding you of things. You have heard Apostle teach here again and again that the cross is the great divide. It's where an end came and a beginning began. You have heard him teach here again and again that I have no past. My past begins from the cross. So there is nobody that can come and bring an accusation against you. Because on the cross, the blood washed your sins. On the cross, your sickness were carried. So now when you go to contend with your crisis, you are not coming to beg God. You are coming to talk to the mountain. I never talk to God about my problem. I command my problem to bow. Because everything God wanted to do, He did it on the cross. And He handed the authority to me in the name of Jesus. This is where two believers have differences. Dr. Paul and was sharing the other time. And he said, somebody came and said, Lord, look at my problem. Please take it away. Look at this one. Look at that one. And he said, another believer shows up. And he said, by his stripes I'm healed. Who is this mountain that standed before Zerubbabel? As he began to speak, instantly the power of God began to move. He's a man that has understanding of authority. What authority do you have in Christ? Do you know that authority? Have you practiced the exercise of that authority? Many have never. That's why you don't see what you want to see. That's why you are where you are. Every time you cry to God, God cries to you. Do something about the mountain. Did you look at the life of Jesus? How many times did Jesus pray to the Father? Only territorial issues. Go and study the New Testament. Jesus consulted with the Father on territorial issues. Every other thing Jesus saw, He commanded to get out. Every other thing. He knows that authority. Because it's a name of God. The first thing that every believer must understand is his authority in Christ Jesus. There's a place for spiritual stature. You have heard teachings on it again and again and again. When we do issues of priesthood, territorial engagements, and we deal with principalities, the contact that just finished, you heard about teachings on engaging principalities and powers. Territorial spirits. The reason you need stature is because territorial spirits function by the applications of the laws of the spirit realm. So if you don't walk under consecration, if you don't walk under government, and you violate the laws of the spirit realm, it is difficult because they will engage you by those laws. That's why the devil came to Jesus. He knew he was the son of God, but he wanted to battle him. He started by making him violate the laws. If you are the son of God, do this. If you are the son of God, because he knows how the realm works. If Jesus obeys him, Jesus will lose authority for territorial oppression. So there is a place for stature. But there is also a place for wielding the authority that you have in the name of Jesus. That's what makes for your provision. Without stature, you can't do territorial business. Without stature, you cannot have reward in eternity. But when it has to do with your everyday living, you need to know what Jesus gave you authority for in his name. Many Christians have not Christians have not come to that point of the exercise of their authority. When you have pain in your stomach, what's the first thing you do? I have pain. What have you done? You have taken a thought. The devil came to manipulate you, to accept it. And the moment you say, I have pain, you've taken it off. But a man that understands his authority in Christ, the moment that pain comes, he begins to command the pain to get out. You are two different people. You are in two different levels. And your results will be different. 
So when we come for miracle services like this, first of all, we need to open your eyes to rebel against everything the devil brings your way. That's why when he gives them authority, he said they should tread upon serpents and scorpions. I was listening to a man of God recently. The word serpent in the Hebrew, it means whispers of enchantment. Hisses of divination. Whispers of enchantment. That's what the devil came to do to Eve in the garden. Did God say? Did God say? He tries to bring suggestion to weaken what God says in his word. Did you mean if you only speak, this cancer will go? Did you mean, come on, what are you talking about? They are called whispers of enchantment. Do you mean to tell me that if you say this, this will happen? Yes. But it takes a man of understanding to confront it. You mean you are owing debt and you will just be here making declarations? This your leg broke, you hit it on a stone. So you mean you can speak and things can happen? Yes. But if you don't have understanding, the devil will come and whisper. He keeps whispering. And then all of a sudden you take the thought. And then you now say, I am. I am. I am. The moment you say, I am, it is established. Jesus said, fear not him that has power to destroy the body and not the soul. That means the devil can do manipulations around your body. But it is your responsibility to exercise your authority in the name of Jesus to stop it. To stop it. I can't be sick. I cannot die. And the moment you say it, your mind resonates with it. Because your words control your thought pattern. Somebody said, when you speak, you hear it in your inner ear. That's why if you record a song and you start hearing it, you say, is that your voice? The first time I started preaching, when I heard it, I said, ah, now maybe that. No, it's not my voice. It didn't look like anything I heard. Because now I was hearing it with the outer ear. But when I speak, I hear it with the inner ear. It enters your system first. And so when the devil comes with manipulations around your body, around your circumstance, your first response is to stand where the word of God stands. Is to stand where the word of God stands. Let no one in Zion say, I am sick. Lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Cast out, you begin to do it violently. You may not see the result you want to see at first. The reason is because God is not so interested in the result. God is interested in you becoming like Him. So sometimes that period where you have the battle of faith is where your faith is being stretched. The first time you may do it for one week, nothing will work. The first time you may do it and you may still have to go and take drugs, no problem. Keep at it. A day will come when you utter it, the mountains will move. If Jesus says, speak to this mountain, say, be removed henceforth and it will be done. He is not a joker. There is no way in scripture it was written that Jesus cracked a joke. And he is God. He is not man that he should lie. That means if he says it, that is what it is. But the first problem we have is the problem of understanding. The person you are running to, let me assure you, you are running to that person because you don't know him. If you know him, you will not run there. Sometimes they run to you as a man of God. For three days you have not prayed. You are looking for somebody to stir your faith. And then they run to you with a big problem. They didn't know you have not prayed. If they knew that at that day, on that day your faith was at the lower level, they will advise themselves not to come to you. So they reach, 
The reason you have so much faith is because you don't know about the person. I was listening to Andrew Mark and Andrew Mark say, if I say, you know, when the preacher comes and say, the power of God will move today, everybody say, yeah! You think they have faith in God. Then say, come and take the microphone and move the power of God. <laughs> the guy that say, yeah, will say, are you sure the power of God will move? <laughs> so, <laughs> he believes the man, but he doesn't know the oracles of God. Meanwhile, the man who is saying the power of God will move, is because he has faith in God. He may not even have seen anything, but there's an assurance in his spirit that the power of God will move. And sometimes you begin, you have the highest restrictions, but you insist. You will push, the devil will push with doubt and unbelief. You will insist. You will push. He will push with resistance from the people. You will still insist. After a while, you will break through. The reason is because you know your authority in Christ. You know it. There are times when you pray for the sick three times, four times. It doesn't happen. You keep at it. Because that's the only way it will work. He said, we are not of them that draw back unto petition. That means every time you draw back, there is one destination, is petition. If you go back, the situation will be worse. So it's better to keep fighting and die. After all, he said, some of them believed, but they were killed. So faith does not end in result. Faith ends in becoming like God. He says, some of them were sown asunder. Men that the world is not worthy for their names to be mentioned. They believed God until they were killed, but they died believing. Because going back is not the way forward. It's a backward movement. It's unto petition. You have an authority in the name of Jesus. It was given to you on the strength of the finished works of Christ. When that name was given to you, you did nothing. The name of God was named upon you the day you accepted Jesus Christ. You had no ranking in the kingdom. But you were given that name. I heard an illustration that blessed my soul about a traffic warden. The moment the guy wears the uniform, he doesn't care who you are. If you like, be on a high speed. If he does like this, he is standing with the power of the constitution. But if he removes that uniform and he stands there, they will pick him in the hospital. So it's not because the guy is strong. He knows something. And is wearing a uniform to represent it. That's the name of Jesus. As lawless as the devil is, he knows the laws of the spirit realm. And any man that can enforce it, the devil runs from that man. Believers don't know. We trivialize the name of Jesus many times. And nothing grieves the Father like undermining the finished works of the Son. Sometimes you come for a meeting, you are working because your confidence is on your fasting. You will suffer that day. I have tried it many times. It's good to fast so that your soul will ascend. But the only way God takes the glory is when the credit is given to the finished works. And any man that gives the credit to the finished works of Christ, he will see the hand of God. He will see it. If you come by your own strength, the Lord will be offended at you. Every time we stand, we stand on the premise of the finished works of Christ. That's why no matter what we do, we do it in the name of Jesus. An understanding of the cross. He, gives you, he gave you a ticket of exercising dominion. And that ticket is in the name of the cross, in the name of Jesus. And my brother sitting there is an officer. If he comes here with his uniform, even the people sitting around here will be careful. Now he's wearing a shirt, he's a normal person. Even if you do like this, hey, hey, who they here? Nobody will move. But if he wears a uniform and you see the star, 
Well done, sir. Well done, sir. When you come with the name of Jesus, demons know. They know. So they will check to find out in whose authority you are coming. This is why you practice. You must have that consciousness every day. So you hit your leg on a stone, the first thing you do, you rebuke. A being comes to press you, you rise with anger instead of fear because you know something. That's when you begin to walk in dominion. Many are not aware. I'm telling you the truth, you will never do enough. That's why Jesus didn't do trial, God didn't do trial and error with your works. He knew you will never do enough. So before you started, he sent his son to do the work. Because if he does that trial and error, all of us would have died. I'm assuring you the truth. These are basic truths. Everybody you see doing mighty things in this kingdom, they know this thing at the back of their head. Depending on the nature of our calling, we may not have time to share these things. But everyone doing mighty works in this kingdom, they know this thing, I'm telling you. They know that their first insurance is in the name of Jesus. And the name of Jesus is a provision available because of the finished works of Christ. The first time humankind was given the right to call God Father was after Jesus resurrected. He said, go and tell Peter and my brethren that I'm going to heaven. I'm going to my father and their father. It's a provision of the cross. If you don't begin to exercise your authority in the name of Jesus now, if you do it when you are in a tight corner, you will be frustrated. Because instead of faith, what will rise in you will be anxiety. Instead of confidence in God, what will rise in you will be fear. And even the demons know the energy of fear. They know. This is why you begin your walk in your Jerusalem. You begin your sphere of influence. You begin to exercise it every day. And you grow in it. You grow in it. There is a stature that is in manifestation. And there is a stature that is in right standing with God. We must have both. An understanding of the finished works. Exhorting the finished works. Standing on the finished works. Is the first secret of dominion in this realm. You are the wisdom before time begun. You reign forever Your name The first thing the cross did for you Is to give you a name That name has statue Yes and the second thing the cross did for you is to give you the life of God. You see, the animal life runs on blood. The vitality of blood. In Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11 and 14, the Bible said the life of man is in the blood. That is why God is against shedding of blood. Because the animal life is in blood. But there is another kind of life that the cross makes available to us. 
is called the life of God. In John chapter 1 from verse 12, it says, He came unto his own. His own knew him not. He came into the world, even though the world was made by him. He said, The world received him not. He said, But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. The word power, yes, the word exousia. He gave them authority to be called the sons of God. And he said, Sons born not after the will of man, sons born not after blood, but of the word of God. That means this life that we walk with as new creations is not a life that is rooted in blood. So in first in John chapter 1 from verse 12 to 13, he said we were not born of blood. There's a new life that was credited into our spirit. It's called the life of God. That's what the Bible calls eternal life. That life is regulated by the Holy Ghost. And he said something. He said, even if your body that is ruled by blood fails, he said the body is weak because of sin. He said, but the spirit takes advantage of this life in your spirit and it quickens your mortal body. That means there is a superior economy working in you that is beyond blood. So you don't sustain, you are not sustained by blood now. You are sustained by that life that is run by the Holy Ghost. That's why he said the spirit will mortify. It causes the body to conform to the dictates of eternal life. But an awareness must be sustained. This is why Jesus told you to lay hands on the sick. The guy has cancer. The guy has high BP. He said, lay hand. What is happening? There is a life flowing out of you because of the spirit. So that life can mortify the impact of cancer. That life can mortify the impact of high BP. But how much of it do you understand? That when you, everybody must have heard this story about the epidemic in South Africa. And John Gilead came and said, he, it doesn't work for, against, against him. So they were clothed trying to pick the people. Now, all of them were Christians. I'm not talking about being Christians now. I'm talking about being regulated by life. Because there are two different things. That's why I began by telling you that if I told you to live in a certain way, so that that life, even me who is teaching it, there's a measure to which that life regulates me. I may just be 5%. I know the doctrine now, but the experience of it is what determines the efficacy. If you don't come under that government, that life cannot be strong on your inside. But there's a man that walked so much by the dictate of that life. And when they put the virus in his hands, the virus died. And when they asked him how, he said, my soul is exercised in eternal life. All of us have eternal life. But there are certain people that their soul is exercised in eternal life. These ones don't take straight thoughts. They only think the thoughts of God. These ones only walk under the government of the spirit. Because they know how this life works. This life works by predominant consciousness. The consciousness of this life is what brings its empowerment. So Paul said, if you are dead in Christ, in Galatians 3 from verse 1 to 3, he said, therefore, let your thoughts, let your consciousness, let your awareness be in the heavens where Christ is. You cannot dare go lay hands on the sick. If you see somebody who is leprous, you won't try it. The reason is because that is not a religious lifestyle. 
is a spiritual lifestyle. You can bear it if you are submitted to his government. Because when you are, that thing stares you. That thing moves you. I know what it takes to pray for territorial issues. I was in Godwin's house yesterday and a guy called me frantically from Benin. A geologist is the president of geological students. They went to a, a forest around their houses there to do all of their geological training and all of that. And Flanny Hesman engulfed them. Six, three of their lecturers and some of their brethren. And they scattered and ran away. And they abducted over 12 of them. He called me while he was yet running. Somehow I picked the number. And the moment I picked it and he told me, naturally I would have said, okay, we'll raise prayers. Because I know that the best way to tackle territorial issues is to form a quorum. But something rose on my inside. And I was moved with anger. And I said, they will be found immediately. And I said, these men are cursed. And I ended the call. And two hours later, they had alerted the vigilante group. And they may have consulted other helps from other places. But this was my own angle of the story. Two hours later, the flanning men told them, start running. They started running and the flanning men too ran away. And the guys returned back to base in two hours. It's not because I suddenly, I know they consulted other helps. But on my own part, it's not because I became so much of a faith champion. There was something that moved on my inside. Because I was meditating on this thing. And when you meditate on this thing, when the devil moves, that thing is dead. The same way the Bible said, you hear the Bible speak about something. When the Holy Ghost rises on his inside, he can carry the gate of a city on his head. Naturally, he's a weak man. But let, when that thing is stared, he can move and he becomes a God. That's why you come under the dominion of eternal life. So that that life begins to regulate you. Things that should propel fear. All of a sudden, there is something in you called sophronismus. It's an excellent mind. That life will provoke it. And instantly you enter a dimension that is naturally not available to mortal men. And you begin to do things that only God can do. It is a, it's an operation of the life of God in your spirit. Every one of us have it. But our consciousness level is different. The reason one man sees the dead and attacks it is because there is a consciousness of his on his inside. He can teach you the doctrine you will not walk there until you know and you carry that consciousness. I heard God's servant preaching how he was in a car and a child died. You don't dare call yourself a man of God there. But when something moves on your inside, when that moves, if it moves, you can call the dead from Hades. They will come back. It is eternal life. This is how men grow in this kingdom. You don't grow just by coming to church. You don't grow just by acting religiously. These things you commit yourself to them. First of all, you must have an understanding of the things that are yours in Christ. Which includes life, healing, power, everything God has to offer. And you walk with that mentality. Secondly, you come under the government of eternal life. That life is what we tell you, don't go on Facebook. Because that life knows the things that deplete it. He knows the devil will come with whispers, enchantment. He will come with seduction of all kinds. But that life will regulate you. Sometimes he wakes you up at night to say pray. Sometimes.
times that wife can tell you, go and meet Brother Nathaniel. You don't know why. You just take to the house. And then when you come, Brother Nathaniel begins to exhort you. And then that life is energized. Because that life will lead you to parts that will strengthen its force in your inside. And when it becomes strong, you become invisible. Because that's the same life that regulates God. But many believers are not under the dictate of eternal life. We are not created to be weak. I told them somewhere recently, I said we are proofs that immortality can dwell in mortal vessels. We are proof that men can carry God. And when we begin to walk in the fullness of that reality, all of us will become different dimensions of God. The things you see happen to men in different dispensations in the scripture. They are revelation of possibilities that a whole dispensation can carry. The Bible spoke of Enoch. He said he was seven after Adam. And Enoch walked with God. And he said he was not. Because God took him. And it's not like it happened to him by accident. Enoch walked about and said, God will carry me. The same way we are preaching rapture now. A man entered into the economy of life so much that he knew that his body will not see death. Others are permitted to die. He said, but me, I will walk out of this realm. And the time came, he was carried. Elijah knew so much how this thing was going to happen. He did not only know when, he knew where. And he walked through four cities. And he went and stood in a particular location. And chariots came from heaven to escort him. And a whirlwind carried him. Because he knows the language of that life. He knows it. Many are Christians. We have those dimensions but we can't walk in it. Men of old. Who had not received the Holy Spirit. But through intimacy they journeyed into life. Until they touched things that were in the spirit realm. The Jesus that you and I are receiving now. Because he was hung on the cross on earth. Some people met Jesus in the spirit. Jesus said Abraham your father. He saw my day. And he rejoiced in it. Where did Abraham see Jesus? He mounted up. El Shaddai means the mountain one. The mountain one. He mounted up into El Shaddai. Until he stood on that mountain. And he looked into the spirit and he saw Jesus. He said Moses was able to reject Pharaoh. Because he saw him that was invincible. The guy walked with God. A point came that Moses became an embodiment of the law. And Paul will say when Moses is read. That means if you look upon Moses, he's the law. What kind of death is that? They were regulated by life. And you and I have the Holy Ghost. We jump up and down on Sunday. We jump on Monday. And we come to think that things will work. There is a governmental lifestyle. That everyone that wants to walk in dominion must have. It's a regulated life. Warriors and men that find that path. You will walk in it. You will sustain the consciousness until you become one with that life. That is what Christianity is about. Christianity is not a religion. It's divinity expressed through humanity. You reign. You ancient Zion's king. Cry out, Kadosh. You are mighty on your throne.
said they will not be hurt. These are ordinary believers. Ordinary believers can drink poison and nothing can happen to them. Why does the devil have authority over Christians? Rebellion! Rebellion! We turn against the laws of God and we go to the Lord. But the cure is intimacy. 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 When we come to the mountains of God, we drink of the waters that still are alive. where you are is not because the devil is so strong. It's either a function of ignorance or because you yielded to deception or because you rebelled against the dictates of eternal life. But the cure, the cure is by intimacy. When you make the presence of God your abode, there is something it does to you. It's a day that wait upon the Lord. They mount up with wings like the eagles. Something happens. You begin to download measures of God into your soul. That's what Jesus did for the lifestyle. He carried them to the mountain. And the Bible said as he prayed, the fashion of his continent was altered. So the reason Jesus never needed deliverance was because he knew the act of downloading God into his soul. They are measures in the spirit. Tonight we are going to pray for 10 minutes. And your prayer point today will be, Lord, quicken me. There's a consciousness level you need to attain. There's an understanding you must have. But the eyes of your understanding must be enlightened. Quicken me, oh God. You want to pray in the Holy Ghost. Like somebody who wants to provoke a change. You want to provoke a change. I got tired. A point came, my loved ones were dying. I took ease. And I discovered that this thing is beyond a religious crusade. Maria Tapas. Selekabarian Amas. You learn, you learn, you learn.
Listen. When they confronted Jesus, the Canaanite woman, and the disciples were wondering why Jesus will not heal her daughter. Jesus turned to them and said, Healing is the children's bread. These are spiritual things available to everybody who is an heir of salvation. Why has it become so difficult for us? I started falling sick and I started wondering, why are these things difficult? There's an understanding we don't have. You become religious. Tonight, we are going to carry out an exercise very quickly. If you have any challenge in your body, place your hands there now. Forget about the person standing by your side. This place is already charged. It will not profit you if I just release the power of God here. I want you to grow. I want you to grow. Every believer in every dimension of God should have a stature like the cedars of Lebanon. So you can see things in the spirit and enforce it in the natural. I want you to grow. Place your hand there and begin to command that mountain to leave. Begin to command that mountain to leave. And stop giving credit to men of God. The finished works are telling you those dimensions. Command the mountain to go. Stop giving titles. Stop giving glories to prophets, to apostles, to teachers. Now for most of you as you live here 
you will continue engaging it because there are dimensions in you that will remain dormant until you exercise it. Press your hand, press your hand. Father, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over every spirit of infirmity here tonight. I bind you and I command you in the name of Jesus out of their bodies. I speak to your bodies in the name of Jesus. I command every chain of infirmity from pain, eye infections, ear infections, organ infections. In the name of Jesus, I command those chains be broken right now. Receive life. Receive life from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. From the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Receive life. Receive life. Receive life. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit brood over them. From the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Thank you, Father. Go ahead and check your bodies very quickly. Why the rest of us pray in the Holy Ghost? Pray in the Holy Ghost. Just check, check, check yourselves. Don't be religious. You will keep at it. You will keep at it. Stretch your hands towards me. 